Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Come on, somebody stand up on your feet and give Jesus a hand clap. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, you say your passion, church. Come on, let's see a little bit now. Come on, it's all for Jesus. Everything's pointed to him today. This, All this is about him. It ain't about me and it ain't about you. It's about him. It's about transforming lives. It's about meeting this city and taking this city for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, good to be in Oklahoma City this morning. While you're sitting down, look at the person beside you and look at them and say, I thought I was looking good that you came in here. Come on, husbands. <laughs> We're going to have a good time today. Amen. Man, all kinds of faces in here. Young, old, middle-aged. Thank the Lord for middle ages. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know 40's the new 30 and 30's the new 20 and if you're 20 you just a baby. <laughs> I uh I turned 40 this year and uh I don't look like it do I? Somebody better say. I uh it happens at the end of the year in December but uh uh we were at, we were at Redemption World Outreach Center for 15 years. Part of that wonderful ministry there. Um and uh, at the beginning of this year, 2008, how many of you know that eight is the number of new beginnings? God works in numbers and in times and seasons, okay? So we have to be conscious of those numbers and of those seasons and those times in our lives because they're very significant, all right? He never does anything by chance, hello? He's always got a plan and got an order. Even when he created the world, he did everything in order. How many of you know God made sure there was some land before he called grass to come out? He made sure there was some water before he called the fish of the, fish of the sea to come forth, all right? So he does everything in order and in times and seasons and plans. And so this year is the 2008. Eight is the number of new beginnings. And we begin, Paul and I begin praying at the beginning of the year, God, do something new in our life. Do something that you've never done before. Do something great. Do something significant in our life, God. Uh, I've just been hearing over and over again, there's greatness coming to you. You know, you're getting ready to step into a new season. You're getting ready to step into a great time of God. How many has been hearing that in their lives? People have been telling you that. And I got to the place and I said, God, I'm sick of hearing about it. I want it to happen. I'm tired of talking about it. How many of you know you can talk a thing to death? tired of talking about it. I want something to happen. I want something new, brand new to happen in my life. And four weeks later, he said, quit your job. I said, get behind me, Satan. I said, I know that ain't you, Jesus. I know that's not the Lord. He said, quit. He said, because if you don't quit, you'll never be able to take hold what I've got planned for you in your next season. There's a story that goes along with that. I ain't going to go there today, but I'll just tell you a little bit of it. Remember the story of Elijah and Elisha? Elijah came by and tapped Elisha with his towel. Started following. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute now. What, what you want me to do with you? And the Bible says that Elisha went back 
Here's where he found him. He was behind oxen and a plow. Every day, every day. Can you imagine that sight every day? Y'all ever seen, y'all ever seen the, the television program on TV called Dirtiest Jobs? Can you imagine looking at the back end of an ox every day of your life? View never changes. Smell never changes. Hello? All right, we're going to talk to each other this morning, okay? We're going to have some fun. The Bible says that Elijah went and he killed the oxen. That was a bloody mess. And he burned his plow. Why? Because he understood and knew if those oxen were still around and the plow was still around and this new thing he was getting ready to do didn't work out, he could always go back to. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I think it's a word for somebody to tell you today. You need to let go of that thing you've been holding on to. Leave it alone, let it go, and don't go back to it because you've been praying for God to do something good and great in your life, but you've always got this thing sitting on the side that you can go back to if it doesn't work out. Let me tell you something. If God told you to do it, he's responsible for it to, to work out. Amen? Praise the Lord. That ain't what I'm going to preach. We're going to talk about something else, okay? I don't know how we got there. Oh, I know. I was talking about quitting my job. So anyway, Paul and I are on the greatest faith walk of our life. Never had a transition like this before in our entire life. We've been married, we'll be married 15 years this coming July. When I graduated from Emmanuel, I went on staff at Emmanuel, worked a year, two years and a half, met Paula. We got married, came off the honeymoon. The plane landed in Greenville, South Carolina, and we've been there ever since. So that's all I've ever known. So when he said, resign, I'm calling you to do something else. It was a faith walk. And I kept going, but Lord, but Lord. But, Lord, you know, how many of you know it's good to have a paycheck coming in every week? I got three kids. Hungry, cheering. (laughs) 11-year-old that's about to eat me out of house and home. He's almost as tall as I am and wears the same size shoe as I do. 11. I got a 13-year-old. How many know 13-year-olds, all they want to do is talk on cell phones, go to MySpace, text somebody, You know, Lord, a paycheck would be nice to be able to pay for those things. And I was just belly aching and complaining and stuff. And he said, wait a minute. I don't know if God talks to you like that. He talks to me like that. He said, hold on a second. He said, number one, redemption never was your provider. Can I help you out a little bit? The place where you were working ain't your provider. Y'all say ain't down here? Okay. Look. I'm from the mountains of Virginia. I'm a country boy. We eat fat back and beans and biscuits and gravy. And I understand y'all don't know what country ham is out here, though. Some of us do. I got a witness in the house. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. Um, he, said, he said, redemption wasn't your provider in the first place. He said, now you're going to look at this thing like this. You haven't changed providers. You've just changed position. And in one position or one location, I can be one thing. But if I'm going to become something else, I got to move to another location. How many of you know that you can take the tree of, you can take an orange tree and put it in a pot 
and take it to Michigan and put it up in the house, and that tree will grow a little bit, and you might get one or two oranges off of it, but that tree's always, 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 always going to be a house plant. Always going to be a house plant. But take that same tree and put it in a field in Florida, and before long, you're not just going to have an orange tree. <laughs> you're going to have an orange grove. Multiple oranges, multiple blessings, multiple seeds. Why? What's the difference? It all had to do with... Hello, y'all slow, but you're worth waiting on. Location. Everybody say location. So some of you, some of you there's some of you in here have been asking God, Lord, where am I? What is it that you want me to do? I'm at this position right now. What is it? Listen to him. It just may be... Uh, it just may be one thing of changing a location. Maybe you're not supposed to be at that place of employment that you're at right now. God's got something better. Listen to him. He will tell you. I am convinced that the church has got to put their spiritual ears up one more time and get tuned into the Holy Spirit to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. We have missed so many blessings and so many moves of God. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. Why? Because we think we got it all together. And we really don't. We really don't. I am dependent upon him more than ever before in my life. And you know what? That's where God wants to get us to that place. Because the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of you know you've got to have faith? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you want to make God happy, you've got to have faith. Amen? All right. Let's talk about some stuff today. How many of you know what today is? Wow. This brother got... You're just with it today, bro. <laughs> Why'd you say? He done busted my bubble. Today is Passover. Today's Passover. A few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter, uh, uh, the, the, the death, the life, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Passover. How many of you know Passover ties into all of that? When Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, he got together with his disciples to celebrate Passover before that, we're going to talk a little bit about that, how important it is in our life. Christian, the Christian world as a whole has forgotten about this day. And it's something that God has set aside. It's, it's, it's three different seasons that God has set aside in our lives for us to remember and to be a part of. And it was a mandate. Don't forget about this. See, we think it's just the communion time that, that Jesus instigated during that Passover meal that we're never to forget about. No, it's the whole the whole time, the whole area, the whole moment of Passover that we're to remember. Why? Because there are certain things that happen during Passover, certain blessings that God brings to his children at Passover that don't happen the other times of the year. And we want to look at that, okay? Is that okay? And if we, you don't like that, I'll try something else. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're going to talk to each other today, okay? All right, so look at him and say, neighbor, we're going back to school. School is in session. And all the college students in. Yeah. <laughs> How many college students do we have in here? Okay, good. Good, good, good. All right, good to see y'all. School going well. Ready to be over with? Uh-huh. Summer. Going on trips this summer? Breaks? This means yes. This means no. This means I don't know. All right, talk to me a little bit, okay? Today's Passover. 
We're going to talk about these things today. We're going to remember the story. We're going to take a look and see how it applies to our lives. There is an application that takes place. And at the end of this service, we're going to do communion. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and forewarn you. We're going to do communion probably like you ain't never done communion before. Okay? So when the communion time comes, don't get all quiet on me and get all weepy and all. No, no, we're going to celebrate in communion today. It's going to be a time of celebration, a great time of celebration, okay? So here we go. Get your Bibles out. And you can go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 23. I'm not going to read that right now. I'm going to give you a little bit of other things that you don't have to turn to, other scripture. But uh, where we're going to focus is on Exodus 23. Uh, but until then, just keep your thumb there. Keep a finger there. And we're gonna, uh, let me talk about a few more things before we get there, okay? I believe today during this time and season, talking about the Passover, that the Holy Spirit is, is really revealing to the body of Christ the importance, the understanding, and observing this, uh, this time of season that God has ordained. The church as a whole has forgotten about it. As I said before, we just kind of skip over it. Don't mean nothing to us. Why? Because we haven't been taught on it. We haven't been taught the significance of it. Let me tell you something. If there never was a Passover, you and I wouldn't be here today. How many of you know God had to get Israel out of Egypt? into their promised land. And there's so many significant things there. Oh, gosh, we could just spend all day there. We're going to talk a little bit, but I'm not going to camp down there, okay? As we observe Passover, God's first biblical feast, that, that feast there is a set appointment for us to remember Him. It's a mandate of God. God put in His Word today in Exodus 23 that there are seven blessings that come when you observe Passover. How many up for some blessings? Wait a minute, there's only five of y'all? I said, how many can handle some blessings? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to look at that, okay. So here we are. Let's talk about a little bit of the Exodus first, okay. All of us have heard the story of what took place. We kind of know it. Some of us may not. Let's just, let me just take you back and remember a little bit so that we can get to what the Passover really is, okay. God, uh, we see as a time the children of Israel are in the land of Egypt. Let me get my Bible. Joseph has died. How many of you know Joseph was a big blessing to the children of Israel? He was, he was a savior to them, a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, who uh, at that time helped the children of Israel survive during a time of famine. And the Bible says that the children of Israel grew and prospered and had many, 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 many cheering during that time. Okay, watch this. In the time of Joseph and his brothers, in that time, I'm, I'm reading out of Exodus chapter 1. You don't have to turn there. I just want you to listen, okay? We're going to get the gist of the story. Exodus chapter 1 and verse 6. In time, Joseph and each of his brothers died, ending that generation. But their descendants had many children and grandchildren. If those of you who have grandchildren say amen. Praise the Lord. They're wonderful, aren't they? Okay, I'll believe you. I ain't ready to see that yet. In fact, they multiplied so quickly that they soon filled the land. Then a new king came on the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or of what he had done. He told his people, these Israelites are becoming a threat to us because there's so many of them. We must find a way to put an end to this. If we don't and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then we will escape from the country. Then they will escape from the country. 
So the Egyptian made the Israelites their slaves and put brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down under heavy burden. They forced them to build their cities of Python and Ramses and supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more quickly the Israelites multiplied. How many of you know if you God's chosen people, you can forget about somebody trying to, t- trying to take you out? I don't care what you're dealing with this morning. I don't care who's coming against you. I don't care what your enemy might be in your life. You are God's chosen folk. And he can bite and he can bark and he can do all he wants to. But I'm telling you, God's got a way for you to get out. All right? Praise the Lord. I'm going to teach. I'm going to try not to preach now. Where am I at? 13. Thank you. Y'all distracted me now. And decided to make their slavery more bitter still. They were ruthless with the Israelites, forcing them to make bricks and mortar and work long hours in the field. So you get this picture here. Here is a group of people, slaves, working in the field day after day after day, week after week after week. They didn't have no 401k. They didn't get a vacation. They didn't get a week's vacation. It was endless, hot Sweat of their brow. Their brown backs bent over in the sun. They didn't have brick makers like we do today. No, no, no. They had a big old pile of mud and, and threw straw in it. And they got in there with their feet and mashed it. And they carried rocks and they carried bricks and they carried mortal and they carried, uh, carried dirt to make those bricks. And they fashioned it with their hands. And the Bible says that they were slaves, brutal brutal men put over them that would whip them and, and, and lash at them. You know, some of us think we got a bad boss. Hello? Your boss ain't nothing. Your boss is from the land of Oz compared to what these folks had. Brutal, whipping them and, 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 and just, just horrible to them, their families. Watch this. Everything that they had was in portion. Their, their water was portioned out. Their food was portioned out. They could only sleep so many hours, and they had to get up, and they had to work all these hours. A life of misery. How many of you know if you had known that you are God's chosen children and that was going into your life, you'd be saying, okay, God, where are you? What's up? A lot of times in our own lives, the situations and things that we go to, and God has promised us something, and it ain't taking place, and we just feel like all the world is coming against us, and we're broken down. We we get off somewhere and say, God, where are you? Where are you at? (laughs) You promised this. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, I need you to show up. How many of you know that God had a purpose and a plan, though? Look at your neighbor said, he's got a purpose and he's got a plan. Come on, talk to each other now. He's got a purpose and he's got a plan. So hold on. Okay? It was, br- it was brutal every single day. Then God raised up Moses among them. Hallelujah. Raised up Moses. Sent him to Pharaoh. You know, we know the story. We've seen the movie, Charlton Heston. Let my people go. Moses was an old dude when he went to Pharaoh to say, to ask him to let him go. I don't think he'd come in there, big old strong. Let my people go. He probably came in. Pharaoh, let him go. He was an old dude, you know. So how many of you know Pharaoh didn't let him go? Watch this. The Bible said that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. 
Pharaoh didn't do it himself. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Why? He was going to stir a faith up in the children of Israel that if, if God can get us out of this mess, then he can get us out of anything. He can get us through anything. So what did he do? He sent the plagues. He sent water. To, he made water turn to blood. He sent frog. Let me tell you something. All he had to do was send some frogs, and I'd be say, y'all just get on out of here. <laughs> whatever you need, whatever you want, get up out of here. That's enough. Go, you imagine going to bed tonight, you can't get in your bed because there's frogs there. Go into the garden, go and pick you some tomatoes for lunch. There's frogs there. Go to the well to go get some water. There's frogs there. Try to take a bath. You can't take a bath because Tippy the turtle and frog is swimming around you right there. <laughs> crazy. Just crazy. To, then he sent gnats. You know, you know you can't stand that. We have one little old gnat that'll fly around our tomatoes while we're trying to fix up. And we're just like, <laughs> sent gnats, sent flies, death of the livestock. Boils, hail, locusts, darkness. And every single time God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, I have to think Pharaoh had to go off and talk to himself and say, why am I not letting these people go? What's the matter with me? Y'all ever talk to yourself like that? Are you stupid, Pharaoh? What's the matter with you? How much more are you going to bring upon your people, you know? God hardened his heart. Why? Because he was going to prove to the children of Israel and to Pharaoh that he was God Almighty and that there was no other God that can stand up to him. No other. So finally there was one more plague. And we know what that was. It was the death. It was the death of the firstborn. That God sent the angel, the death angel, to sweep through the city to kill that firstborn right there. And at that time, Moses went in to say, Pharaoh, let him go. And God broke him down. And that's, that's where I want to pick up right there, okay? In Exodus chapter 12, God instructed Moses and Aaron, this will be the first month of the year. Today in the Jewish calendar, Passover, this is the first month of their year. Okay? When, it ain't January. It's this month, Passover, the first month of their year. You're to take a young goat and a lamb as a sacrifice. No defects. He can't be blotted. He can't have a broken leg. He can't have a busted ear. He can't have one blue eye and one black eye. It had to be a perfect lamb or goat. Slay it. Kill it. Your family and your neighbors will eat of it. If the lamb was too big for all of you to eat, you shared it with your neighbors. Whatever was left over that night, they had to burn it up. Nothing could be left. But he said you had to take the blood and a hyssop branch and apply it over the doorpost of your house on each side and above because tonight I'm going to send a death angel. And where he sees the blood, he will pass over. And where he doesn't see the blood, the death of the firstborn is going to take place. That night I'll pass over you. And so we see what happens there. We see that there's a horrible wailing and crying throughout Egypt of what has taken place and what has happened. And so we pick up. We pick up right there at that story. 
that that Exodus moment, that moment right there, that Passover example that took place, that God gives the command to Moses and Aaron and says, every year at this time, you are to remember this and you are to celebrate this. From now on until time is over, that we're to remember and we are to celebrate the Exodus, the time that God passed over our house to deliver us from the hand of our enemy. And so go to Exodus chapter 23. Is this okay? You all right? I know it's not your typical Sunday morning sermon, and that's okay. I want you to remember this today and the emphasis that it's on it. If God has an emphasis on it, how many know we better take a look at it? Okay? 23. We're going to start We're going to start at verse 20. <clears throat> Is that okay? You start verse, there you go. See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. Next verse. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. If you listen carefully to what he says and do, all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and, and will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Havites, the Jebusites. My God, the whole Ite family. Watch this, the backbites, the aggravites, all the enemies. And I will wipe them out. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones into pieces. Worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from you, from among you. And none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full life span. And I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. My God. My God. He said, if you will remember this time, if you will remember this Passover and celebrate the Passover every single year, in this first month of the Jewish calendar, God said there's a blessing that will come to you and to your family. Seven blessings. Look at somebody and tell them, say, seven blessings are about to come to my house because I remember the children of Israel coming out of Egypt into their land of promise. That is a type and shadow of me and you 
through the work of Jesus on the cross, coming out of a land of destruction, a land of sin and shame, a land of, of sickness, a land of disease, a land of death, into a land of promise, a land of salvation, a land of health, a land of prosperity, a land of wealth, a land of goodness, a land of faithfulness. It's all tied up in Jesus, folks. It's all tied up there. And I want us to look at, I want us to look at those blessings for just a moment. Number one, he said, God will assign an angel to you. My God, dispatch an angel into your life. And some of you are sitting there saying, now, 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 now Sam, how in the world does all this apply to my life? How, how, how does this apply? This is Old Testament. This is Old Covenant stuff. Hold on a minute. Watch this. Let me get you over into the New Testament and show you an example. In Acts chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, Peter was locked up in prison. He was chained up, and it was at the time of Passover. You can read it there in your word. At the time of Passover. And the Bible says that Rhoda and the church members was having a prayer meeting up in their house. (laughs) Brother Ely, you remember them old house prayer meetings? My God. I remember growing up three and four years old. Let me check my time. Three and four years old. Five, six, Steve. People would gather at our home. And they would pray the glory down. I mean, you better come and meant business. They didn't have to have any praise and worship. They didn't have to have nobody say, come on, give God a praise. They wasn't no spiritual cheerleader there. They got in and they meant business. I mean, it would literally scare me to death. I'd hide up in my room underneath the covers. I mean, tell you, they meant business. I there have been several times as a little boy, I, those prayer meetings had taken place in my house. And one mama, whose husband was acting a fool, he was the town drunk. They'd go to interceding and go to praying. And I'm telling you what, before that prayer meeting was over, he would walk through that door drunk as a monkey. And by the time they got through, he was sober and in his right mind. And had received God with all his heart and born again and saved. Rode in the, in the church was having a prayer meeting for Peter. They needed Peter to be out of prison. His work wasn't over. It wasn't time for him to die yet. And the Bible said that the Lord God dispatched an angel unto the prison and unlocked the door and got him out. And watch this. He showed up at Rhoda's house, knocked on the door, and when they opened the door and saw it was Peter, they didn't even believe it. Here they were praying for it. God answered their prayer and they didn't even believe it. Where else, Pastor? Watch this. It's Passover. Jesus has had a supper with his disciples. He goes to a garden to pray. Lord, if this ain't your will, let this cup pass over me. The Bible said he was agonized so with such grief and such pain of looking at the cross that he began to sweat drops of blood. And look what the scripture says. The scripture says an angel of God dispatched an angel unto him to give him strength. Let me tell you something. In your weakest moment and in your time where you feel like that you can't make it alone, God will send an angel to minister unto you, to give you strength, to encourage you. What are you talking about, Pastor? It's some, it, you, could be, you could be working beside a one at your job. You don't know. We entertain angels unaware every day of our life. We have no idea when we're entertaining an angel. 
But at this moment during Passover, God specifically says, I'll dispatch angels unto you for whatever your purpose and for whatever you need. That's, the num- that's number one. Number two, God will be an enemy to your enemies. Hallelujah. We all ought to stand up on our feet and shout on that one. Let me tell you something. It's one thing to have an enemy. It's another thing for your enemy to become God's enemy. How many of you know that if you're, your, you're his children, anything that's coming against you is coming against him? How many of you know he's already won the battle, so they just might as well quit anyway? Watch this. The children of Israel. Oh, my Lord. Here's another thing. With the plagues that God sent against Pharaoh and the Egyptians, he did one thing that went throughout the land. You remember the story? The children of Israel gotten over. They're getting ready to go into Canaan. They haven't gotten there yet, but they send spies in. Joshua and Caleb and the spies go, and they stay at Rahab's house. And they say, what's going on in the city? What are you here? And Rahab said, oh, this city is scared of y'all. This city is scared. They shaking in their boots. Joshua's like, what? We ain't done nothing. They said, no, but we have here, we have heard what the Lord your God has done to all of your enemies in the past. And if you come here, it's going to come nigh to this city. I'm telling you that there is a blessing of the Lord upon your life, that whatever comes into your life, whatever comes against you has become the enemy of God. And it ought to shake and it ought to tremble because if God destroyed the enemies in the past, it can take care of whatever you're dealing with right now. And you need to look that thing in the face and say, I just want you to understand and know that I am a child of the Most High God, and if you don't believe God will take care of me, you need to talk to some of your ancestors. You need to talk to some of your little friends that used to deal with me in the past and see what happens. God will cause a holy fear to come upon your enemies. Why? Because you are blood-bought. You're covered in the blood. You're His righteousness. You're His redeemed. You're the one that He loves, and He'll take care of you. Make your enemies his enemies. Number three, God will give you prosperity. In that verse 25 it says, So shall you serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. How many of you know they were away from home? They had no idea where bread and water was coming from. How many of you know you can't take enough groceries that will last you 40 years when you go on a trip? If your kids are anything like my kids, we pack snacks to go on a trip. Them snacks are gone before we get out of town. Can you imagine packing groceries for two million people? Let alone packing a suitcase for that long. They had the clothes up on their back. They took their livestock. The Bible says Egyptian filled their pockets with gold and silver. How were they going to carry all this food if they had to have food? God was their supplier. He was their presence, their spirit of prosperity. He supplied water from a rock, gave them food every day, sent them some meat at night. Watch this. Don't ever worry about your needs in your life. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? And what? Everybody say all. Did the word say some? Did the word say just a few? 
No, it said, all things shall be added unto you. And then it talks about, you know what? If he feeds the birds of the air and if he clothes the lilies of the field, how much more is he going to take care of you and your daily needs? Don't care about what you're going to eat next or what you're going to wear. God's going to supply it. Why? That's prosperity right there. It ain't about your next ride. It ain't about your next watch. It ain't about your next. Hello, somebody. Well, we don't like to hear that. No, no, no. I am blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. Why is that, Steve? Because my needs are met. I have need of nothing this morning. The children had need of nothing. Nothing. Can you imagine a pair of shoes lasting 40 years? Some of us got shoes, they don't last two months. They're walking around for 40 years in the same pair of shoes that they left Egypt with. Same shirt, same tunic, same hat. He blessed them. He took care of them. He made sure that they didn't go without. Number four, God will take sickness away from you. Verse 25 says, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. You need to declare sickness away from your life right now in this room. If there's sickness in your family, if there's a generation disease that follows down your generations, you need to declare that that sickness is over in your life today. I'm telling you, it will listen to you. It will listen to your voice print. God says, I'll declare, I'll take sickness away from you. So whatever it is, if I were you, I would declare it today in my life and in the life of my kids and my family that sickness is away from us right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because of Passover? Yes. And because of the work that Christ did on the cross. It's a type and shadow of his work. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Number five, God will give you long life. Watch this. No one, verse 26 said, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. I will fulfill the numbers of your days. How many of you want to live a long life? I want to see my days fulfilled. I don't want to leave earth too early. You know, I was scared to death when I was a teenager. Everybody said, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I was like, Lord, please let me graduate. Jesus, if you'll just let me get married and have a child, you can come on back. And now I'm into the place where I'm like, hold on, Jesus. I want to see my babies grow up. I need to see some grandchildren. Long life. Your days are numbered. The Bible says he's given us a, a, a span of time of 120 years. I want all of them. Watch this. At 60 years old, I'm just middle-aged. Come on, somebody. If he's going to promise me in the word and give it to me in the word, I'm taking that promise. I'm claiming that promise. Long life. Young people, the Bible says for you to obey your parents and honor your parents in the Lord, and God will give you. You better obey mom and daddy. Hello? And all the parents said? Amen. Get the offering plate. Where's it at? I'm serious about this. God has destined me and you to be something in our life. There's the destiny and a purpose to put on each and every, that's been put on each and every one of us. And I don't want my days to be cut short. I want to fulfill that destiny. 
Don't you know it was a sad day because of disobedience, those people that didn't get to go into their land of promise. Have you noticed in every single one of these verses what God has been saying? If you obey as I have commanded you. If you'll obey, here's what I'm going to do. One of those things is give you long life. Destined to be everything God's ordained you to be. Let me tell you something. You're not destined just to be a nurse. You're not destined just to be a pastor. You're not destined just to be a student. That's just a job that you do down here. What is our destiny? Our destiny is to become like Jesus. We began over there at A. When we were born, we were created. How many of you know before you were born, God knew who you were? Before your mom and daddy ever got together and had one kiss. Before you were ever a thought in their mind. God had already ordained you and knew who you were and already given you a name. I come across people all the time, well, Pastor, I was a mistake. Something happened. I was a mistake. My mom and daddy weren't even married. I was an accident that happened in the back end of a scene. No, you weren't. God, under, God don't care how you got here. He knew who you were before you were created. You just needed to get here. Why? Because there's destiny that beats in your heart. Young people, there's destiny that beats in your life. God has specific things set aside for you to be and for you to become and for ultimately you to end up like Jesus. Talk like him, see like him, hear like him, heal like him, walk like him. That's what we're destined to be. So he starts us at A, Z is to be like Jesus. And here's the incredible part. He don't tell us L-M-N-O-P. That's where we have to live by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to. All right? Long life. Everybody say, I want long life. So I'm going to obey the Lord. All right? The next one, watch this. God will bring increase and inheritance. Verse 30 says, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Every little place that they went, God took care of their enemies and they took over that land. Ooh, don't you know it's a good day when your enemy shakes and trembles at the thought of you just coming around. Why? Because it heard what God did to your last enemy. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I get excited when I hear things like that. Wherever, whatever is standing in the way of your promise... God has delivered it into your hands and you'll take the land, you'll increase and you will inherit. There's things that you haven't inherited yet that's waiting for you. What's God waiting on? Waiting for you to pick up your feet and start moving. There's a season in my life that I have stepped into that I hadn't inherited yet and God understood that I couldn't do it if I stayed where I was at. I had to come out of that land. Was that a bad land? No. It was a good land. But how many of you know that good is the enemy of great? Some of you just, it just went. Things are good right now in your life, but good ain't good enough. I could have stayed at redemption my whole entire life and died there. I was comfortable. I was set. I had a great package. Praise the Lord. Things were good. But if God has destined greatness on your life, 
good will not work. Good ain't good enough. And you have to be able and willing to lay down the good to pick up great. Being a national youth pastor wasn't good enough. No, because God was beating greatness in your heart. And you had to let go of one thing and take hold of another. Inheritance. You'll increase and you'll receive your inheritance. And the last one, watch this. God will give a special year of blessing. Watch this, verse 31 of that 23rd chapter. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea. Philistia and from the desert to the river for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand. People of God, everything that God has destined you to become and to have, He'll deliver it unto your land. He'll deliver it unto you. He'll give it unto you. He's already, he's already got it He's already attained it. He is waiting for you to get up and go and possess it. Watch this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But the word says also this. Faith without works is... Tell your neighbor, punch him, say, that means you got to do something. You have to do something. Here's what I tell people on time. And the things that I'm dealing with and things that I'm doing and things that I want to see take place and things that beat in my heart that I believe God has ordained me to be. I do this. I practice whatever I do, whatever it is, work, if you want to call it work. When we were in music, we practiced. We had practice and, and now it's, it's prepare and practice. I prepare like it all depends upon me. That's the work part. Then I pray like it all depends upon God. And then I proceed. God's waiting on you to proceed. There's some of you preparing. There's a whole bunch of us praying. And now he's waiting for us to proceed. And in the beginning of this day today, Passover started last night at sundown. There's a special seven blessings to come to the people of God. As we remember this day of how he took a children that was ordained and loved by him out of the hands of incredible enemies and brought them into their land of promise. Saying, Pastor, I'm still waiting on my land of promise. Keep proceeding. Keep traveling, keep trusting, keep honoring, keep loving, keep worshiping. Because watch this, the land of promise was this. When they lived in Egypt, it was a, it was a land of portion. Their water was portioned, their food was portioned, their sleep was portioned, their clothing was portioned, their finances, if they had any, were portioned. But when they got to the land of promise, pastor, <laughs> portion was over. It flowed. Hi. Anybody looking for a flow? It flowed. Food flowed. Water flowed. Finances flowed. Health flowed. Come on, somebody. Inheritance flowed. It was one day after the next they began inheriting. They were taken over. God began just piling things up on them. It was slow. And see, here's the work that Christ did. 
He said all that to get us to here. He was our final Passover lamb. We got to wrap all this thing up in Jesus, okay? He was the lamb without spot. He was the lamb without blemish. Destined to give his life for me and you. Why? To take us out of the land of our enemy. And to present us and to put us into our land of prosperity and flow and health. Salvation. And we see that whole symbolic picture there. Remember, they had to slay a lamb or goat without spot or blemish. And then they had to take the blood and apply it. Doorpost, doorpost, head. When we see the cross, we see the picture of that lamb. He was our final sacrifice. He was our great Passover lamb. That's why we can't forget it. That's why if we celebrate Easter, we have to celebrate Passover. We can't forget it. Can't forget it. Why? Because it it intertwines. Watch this. We as Pentecostals, oh, we like the 50 days later when the Spirit of the Lord descended and became full of the Spirit. You can't have Pentecost without a Passover. I want, you, I want you guys to get ready for, for communion there. Now watch this. As we take communion, can you guys do that trade my sorrow song again? You're saying, wait a minute, Pastor. We're supposed to get all quiet and get all weepy and get all sad when it's communion time. No, 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 no. No, I want you to understand Passover is a victory time. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of I have left the land of my enemy and I have stepped into the land of my promise. God has sent me a deliverer. His name is Jesus. How many have experienced the deliverer in your life in this room? Come on, stand up on your feet. Have you experienced the deliverer in your life? You understand who he is? He's that great, incredible sacrifice. It's finally over. It's finished. Watch this. It's finished. Your prosperity is done. Your health is done. Your wellness is done. It's over. Watch this. God's not going to do anything else because it's already finished. It's completed. It's done. Now you and I have to have the understanding and learn how we step into it. And that's by faith. That's by receiving him and what he has, what he's done for us. And I want you to do something. We're going to sing. They're going to sing for a minute. And then they're going to play. As they're singing, I want you to pass this communion out. And then we're going to come together and take communion. All right? I'm going to share some stuff with you right there as we take it, okay? Come on, let's sing. Yeah, yeah.
broken and bruised. A bruise, a bruise is a uh, is something on the inside, an infliction on the inside of you, a wound on the inside that's not allowed to bleed for the blood to come out. He's saying, I took the beating upon my body so that things that happen on the outside and the things that happen on the inside will be taken care of in this sacrifice. Your healing has been paid for. Your healing has been bought. Your healing has already been done. Now, as you take this bread today and as you eat it, I want you, after you eat it, I want you to open up your mouth. I want you to throw your hands up and I want you to give God praise because your body is healed today. Your body is whole today. You say, well, Sam, I don't feel it. You may not feel it today. You may wake up in the morning and feel it. It may be 30 days from now. All I know is that he's done it. And if he's done it, I'm going to rejoice about it and give him praise. Come on, take it in. Take it in. Say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. so new life could spring up. A covenant made with us. Today as you take and you drink, I want you to rejoice in the joy of your salvation. We, re we rejoice as a church of all kinds of things. We rejoice at healings. We rejoice at blessings. 
We rejoice. It's God seeing things happen in people's lives, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But I want you to go back to a day of rejoicing because of your salvation. You need to rejoice that you're saved. You need to rejoice that you're redeemed. You need to rejoice that you're not on your way to hell anymore, but you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, take a drink. Rise, shine, and give God the glory. 
wide awake. What's it going to take? Come on now. Aren't you thankful for the Passover? Oh, man. Uh, we've been messing all day. I'm thankful to get passed over. I haven't always been happy to be passed over. Like when they were choosing teams for basketball, I always got passed over. But when sickness was coming to my house, I'm glad I got passed over. <laughs> right? And Mike told me out. Now, we've been teasing Mike because he said if when they get the lineup and they're trying to find out who's guilty, and they go, well, it wasn't him, and it wasn't him. And then they look at you and they go, and it wasn't him, it was him. You're thankful for the Passover, right? I said that was that. Yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. I don't know about you, but I'm just thankful this morning that the Holy Spirit passes some things over. And I am claiming these blessings not only for you individually, but for us corporately, right? This is the anointing that we're supposed to be walking into everywhere we go. Every community we go into, every family we deal with, this is the anointing we are supposed to bring with us. These seven blessings. I want you to live on them this, this week. Amen. Now listen, I told you when we got started that Sam was a part of the church that blessed us. In fact, let me just put it to you just as honestly as I can put it. If it wasn't for redemption, we wouldn't be here. That, that's got double meaning, doesn't it? Uh, but the, the, the church called Redemption World Outreach Center, if it wasn't for them, we would not be here where we are now. The Bible says that we are to give honor to whom honor is due. That we are to bless the labors among us. And so we're going to do something I don't know that we've ever done this for. I told Sam that if I'm right, he's the first quote, I hate this term, outsider. Because we got so many preachers inside that we just let insiders preach. He's the first quote, outsider, but he's not really outsider because he's home. But he's the first one we brought in from outside to preach. And we've never taken up a love offering for anybody like this. But we're going to do it this morning. I want you to bless. I want you to dig deep. For some of you, you go, well, I only brought my tithe and offering. I'm asking you to, to dig deeper than you've normally dug and get an offering, get a blessing. We are going to send him back to South Carolina blessed. We, we, he knows that we're not his source, but God is his source, and we're going to allow God to work through us. Amen. Father, right now, I pray that you would minister to the hearts of my people, and I pray that a generous spirit would rise up within them, and I pray that they would bless the one that has blessed them. God, we believe that Sam brought a word for us today and it's going to impact our life and change the way we live and have implications for us for not only the rest of this day, but every day. And so, Father, we pray that you would allow us to be obedient to your word that declares that we should bless those that labor among us. So, Father, as the ushers prepare this morning, I pray that a supernatural miracle would happen and every need that Sam and Paula and their family has during this new season would be met right now, not just by this offering, but by the provision that you bring into their life. I pray for favor on their life. I pray for divine connections upon their life. I pray for breakthrough in their life, and I pray that you'd lead them exactly where you want them to go and allow this offering to be a part of that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. The ushers are coming. They're going to pass it out as they do. I want you to worship, and then you're dismissed and free to go this morning. God bless you. Thank you for coming to Passion Church.
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.